you have to start with the question, is this real science? There's a book called Biomedical Technology Assessment, the 3Q Method by Dr. Philip Weinfurt. It outlines a methodology for reviewing healthcare or biomedical technology. And it has three questions and that's the 3Q method. And the first question is, is it real? Now in reality, is it real sounds like a very basic question, but that question can spawn off additional questions. There's kind of a whole family tree or family of rabbit holes to go down when you start to ask that question. We're going to talk through where do we start and kind of where are the jumping off points in the various aspects of the question of is it real when it comes to healthcare technology assessment. The question of is it real can be thought of with three sub-questions. The first, does it solve a real clinical problem? The second, is it clinically tested? And the third, is it based on real scientific principles. Sounds simple enough. So let's start with the first one. Does it solve a real clinical problem? So to follow the pattern, we're gonna answer that question by asking additional questions. Does it solve a real clinical problem? What is the clinical problem? Oftentimes when we get a cell phone or some sort of consumer electronics or a, a new car or a smart TV, we're offered all of these features. Some of the features are things that we think we need or we want, and some of the features are something that's included that the designers of that technology have kind of identified that they believe that we need or want, or they're telling us that this is something we should have. But the question to ask with consumer electronics is, is there really a problem that you're solving? Is this feature gonna make my life easier? Is this gonna solve a problem? It's the same with medical equipment. What is the clinical problem? So before you purchase a technology, or invest in a technology, or develop a technology, you wanna be able to answer the question, what is that clinical problem that you're trying to solve? The second sub-question under this does it solve a real clinical problem, is what is the projected clinical impact? So you may identify that there is an issue that needs to be solved, or there is a problem where there's opportunity, but you need to identify what is that actual clinical impact. Is there a critical situation or a critical population of patients that this technology will impact and what is the level of that impact? Is it saving lives? Is it making people more comfortable? Is it preventing certain conditions or injuries or diseases? How many people does this affect? Is it widespread? Is this a common problem? Or is this isolated where only certain people with certain demographics or certain geography or certain health habits what is that projected clinical impact? Is it small? Is it big? Is it important? Is it not so important? You gotta ask that question. And then also under, does it solve a real clinical problem? The third question is, does it create new problems? So if we ask, what is the clinical problem? We identify the problem. What is the projected impact? we identify the impact. 
But now, if we were to implement this new technology or adopt this new technology, would it introduce additional problems? Are there unintended side effects associated with this technology? Are there certain infrastructure requirements that may not be in place, may need to be considered for this technology? Does it create some sort of conflict or interaction problem with other technology? Is it difficult to adapt because how it's used or the type of training that is required for this technology? Availability of certain consumables. These are all problems that you need to consider. So although you may identify a real clinical problem and you're able to project that clinical impact, you have to identify any new problems you might introduce by solving your clinical problem. Now back up to the, the overall question of is it real? So we just talked through, does it solve a real clinical problem? Now the second question under is it real is, is it clinically tested? There's a book called Studying a Study, Testing a Test, and it outlines basic principles around clinical research and clinical trials. Uh, it's a great reference for some of the concepts we're gonna step through. But before we get into the, the details, what are we referring to as a test? So for our discussions, we're referring to a diagnostic or a screening test that leads to a clinical decision. Examples would be uh, stress testing or 12 lead EKGs or simple blood tests. It's using a, a healthcare technology in order to do a diagnostic or screening test and then make a clinical decision. So if you're evaluating a new technology, you want to make sure that that technology has undergone some sort of clinical trial, clinical research, or some demonstration that it's been clinically tested. If you go off of hypothetical or simulated results, that doesn't give you a clear picture of how that technology is going to function in the real world. There are different ways that you can conduct this clinical test. I'm going to give you four examples. There are case-controlled studies, and case-controlled studies are retrospective, meaning they're looking back at a set of data. So the patient has the disease, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to look at factors that may have caused that disease. And we're going to go back in time, and we're going to determine certain patient characteristics. And then we're going to try to draw some correlation. So it's retrospective. Patient got the disease, we're going to look back at the data. The second one we're going to refer to as the cohort studies. So these are prospective. So they are somehow looking ahead. You identify a cohort or a group of people that possess the characteristic under the study and another group of people that does not have the study characteristic. It might be to study a certain disease and you have a group of people that you believe has certain risk factors and then you have another group of people that don't have those risk factors and you're going to study to see if there's a different result in those two groups of individuals. So it's prospective in the sense that you're identifying these two study groups and then you are going to monitor them and observe and then you're going to compare that frequency of the disease between those two groups and draw your conclusions. A third clinical test 
are randomized clinical trials. So these are also prospective. You're setting up the trial and then you're, you're monitoring it and you're looking ahead. And in this case, individuals are randomized into a control group and a study group. It could be what's referred to as double-blinded where the individuals administering the test and those participating in the trial don't know which group they're part of. But the important part is that these are randomly selected groups. So for all intents and purposes, these two groups are the same. But then you introduce maybe one factor, hopefully one factor, because the more factors you, you introduce, the more confusing the data gets. But you introduce one factor to the study group, keep the control group as is, and then you compare the frequency of the disease between the two groups. And then the last clinical test we'll touch on is called the gold standard comparison. This is very simple in the sense that a gold standard measurement or test already exists. And what you need to do is compare your new technology or your new method against what is considered the gold standard. An example of this is a basic thermometer that has mercury in it. And you put that thermometer under the tongue and you are certain that that is what the temperature actually is because it's a, a tried and true test of measuring temperature. Now you develop a digital thermometer that from five feet away, you can point at someone's forehead and it can measure their temperature. So how do you know that that's correct? How do you know it's accurate? Well, you try your technology, you point the laser at their head, read the reading, then you give them a thermometer and you compare the results. If you assume, and you have to be very confident of what the gold standard is considered. If you assume that thermometer with the mercury in it is your gold standard, that is the true north, then you compare the results to your, your new technology. And that's the gold standard comparison. All right, so back up to the question. Is it real? Does it solve a real clinical problem? Is it clinically tested? And then the third question is, is it based on real scientific principles? Just because there's a publication or a professional research paper or some sort of document or research available that makes a certain claim, it doesn't always mean that it's correct or true or maybe uh, some of the conclusions that are drawn aren't necessarily indisputable. So you have to ask yourself, was that research, was that test, was that trial done based on real scientific principles? or are there other factors involved? One very obvious factor, and this has to be considered in all situations, you at least have to ask the question, was there bias involved? And it could be intentional or not intentional bias. So what is bias? Here's a simple definition. The systematic tendency to deviate from the true value. I also like this definition of accuracy, which can be defined as the absence of bias. So what are some questions that you could ask to evaluate whether there's a bias in a certain research or test? One question to ask is who sponsored the trial? Who is paying for that trial to occur? Now, just because a company that's developing a technology pays for that clinical research doesn't mean that there's bias involved in that trial. However, you do have to ask the question because Clinical research can be approached from many different methodologies. We talked about four different methodologies just a little bit ago. Depending on how that research is conducted or what type of research is funded, if the sponsor is looking for trials that are going to support their technology or support their theories, that could introduce bias. 
So maybe the trial is actually conducted properly, but the whole nature of the trial and how it was conducted maybe introduced some bias. Maybe it's unintentional, but you do have to ask the question. If the sponsor of that trial is somebody that has a vested interest in the results of that trial, you have to ask yourself, are there any influences that could have crept in that could create a bias? The next question is, who conducted the trial? The sponsor who's paying for it, but then who's actually doing the trial? Who's conducting it? Are these all individuals from the medical device company that's developing this technology? Or is it a completely independent study that has no vested interest in this technology? A basic non-medical equipment example would be, if I'm a car manufacturer and I do a whole bunch of quality testing internal, so my own people are testing this, and then I publish a white paper or details as to the results of that testing, maybe that's valid information, maybe it's not. But now if I'm a third-party agency, like a consumer reports type of agency, and I conduct quality testing, and I might even do it not just for that one product, but I might do it for multiple products from multiple different manufacturers. I, I think of those results a little bit differently. I could get the same results both ways, but if the company who's developing it is telling me this is what it is, I feel a lot better when a third party validates it. If we're gonna consider clinical studies for healthcare technology or medical devices or biomedical technology, there are three primary types of clinical studies that we're most concerned with. There's the gold standard comparison, and there's actually two flavors of that. So there's a gold standard comparison, which is for a measurement device. So this is a device that's designed to do some sort of a measure, and you're gonna compare that gold standard to the device you're trying to develop, and that's a measurement device. So the example I gave with like a thermometer, that would be a measurement device. The second type of clinical study that we're primarily concerned with is a gold standard comparison also, but it's for a screening test. So a screening test is where I'm gonna do some sort of observation and I'm going to make a determination whether a disease exists or not. The first one was a measurement device and I'm just measuring something and I get an output and I wanna know how accurate it is. The second one is a screening test where I'm observing or measuring something but I'm making a determination whether there is disease or not. And then the third type of clinical study that we're concerned with are randomized clinical trials. I touched on those a little bit earlier, but there's a whole lot behind not only randomized clinical trials, but also these gold standard comparisons, which is a discussion for another day. But the important idea is to start with the question, is it real when you're evaluating a healthcare technology and wh whether you're evaluating it for purchase or investment or development, you gotta ask yourself, is this real science? Is it clinically tested? Is it based on real scientific principles? Does it solve a clinical problem? You gotta ask all these questions and kinda check those boxes to make sure that you don't miss something, such as misinterpret the data, miss that there is some bias in the data. Ultimately, you wanna validate that this real science was clinically tested and it would translate to the real world.